0: It is a good day to be in the house. I want to welcome you here this morning. Uh, I am not Ronnie Meek, uh, and he is supposed to be standing here, but I got a call uh, uh, in the afternoon yesterday that he was sick, and um, he, uh, uh, he's rarely sick, and so uh, he must be pretty ill for, uh, for him not to be here today. So would you join me in praying for our pastor? I know he's not the only one sick, and he would not want to be the only one, so we're going to pray for everybody who's sick. How many have somebody sick, know somebody sick or sick yourself? Thanks for coming and spreading that joy. Okay, <laughs> Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would heal our pastor. I pray that you would touch him in a special way. I ask, Lord, that you would touch his body, God, Lord, that you would give him renewed strength and renewed energy, Father, that you would supernaturally heal him, Father God, and Lord, that you would feel more energetic uh, and, and even perhaps more healed than he was prior to uh, having this sickness, God. And everybody here that's under my voice that knows somebody who's, who's ill or sick or is sick in this house, God. I pray that you would touch them, Lord. Uh, lord, we believe that you can do that. We believe that you can heal us. So Lord, I pray that you would touch sickness, Lord, that it would be removed. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So wash your hands. Okay. Um, so uh, so, today, uh, so today I've been, I'm the pinch hitter, I guess. I've been called in to, uh, to, to take this. So we'll see where we go. I wanna see what the lord where the Lord takes us, right? Before I start, I wanna reckon the Robinettes. Are they here? Yes, Robinette's from Cambodia. You guys, um, <clears throat> you all may not know this, and it's such, a, it's such a desire of mine that the church grab hold and understand uh, that your giving is, is impacting nations. It's impacting uh, all around the world, and Robinette's, we've supported them for a long time, and they're missionary. We just appreciate what you guys have done. We appreciate your work, and thank you for being with us this morning and spending time with us with the body. Be sure to, to hug their necks and get to know them uh, before you go. Uh, and then, also, um, I just you know uh, do you ever feel like you blink and like Christmas is coming gone right uh, yeah, and that and that certainly has happened. There is so much that takes place around here to make everything uh, happen the way it does. Uh, you know, sometimes we take for granted, we just show up and things are happening. Like, they're just there. But it actually takes a lot of, of an army behind the scenes making that happen. I want to appreciate our worship arts department for Carols by Candlelight. Um, that was, it was such a great night. Um, those who worked behind the scenes and, and getting the decorations up, there's just so much. The children's department wasn't that a fabulous program last week. Kids did a great job last week. And there was just... Such such a rich experience here uh, over the over the Christmas uh, holiday, and I just want to thank everybody who participated and was a part of that. Uh, and we're excited about 2020. It's a new, a new year is here, right? And, uh, and we're going to see what God has, has in store. So today we're going to talk about read the Word. This is certainly not a throwaway message. And in fact, I believe that probably, no, and I think Ronnie would agree with me that if you can grab a hold of this message, if this can really penetrate your heart, if you can really grab hold of the Word and get into it, it will, it will change your life. It's the most important message. It's the most important thing that you can hear. Everything that we talk about in a year's time comes from this right here. You have access to the very word that we're coming from. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? You have access to this. So would you stand? Let's read. We're going to read one scripture uh, from, from the word. I, let's see what I did with the clicker here. I got so excited about the kids. Da-da-da-da. It's not there. Well, can you hit that uh, slide for me? I really want to use the clicker. Stand right there. I'll be right back. (laughs) I'm back with the clicker. All right. Praise God. All right, here we go. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Hey, it's read the Word Sunday. Let's read that again. All right, here we go. All scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Father, I thank you for your word. Your word brings life. Your word is alive. It is active today. And I ask, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would meet us with this word, God, so explosive things will happen in our lives, in our families, in the future, everything, Lord, that we're we're about and, and who we are, God, I ask that you would intervene this morning. Lord, that you would touch our hearts, Father, and that there would be a hunger that would increase in our lives for your word. We love you today, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, 2019, 365 point something something days uh, of a year, uh, guys. We get excited at the beginning of a new year because usually January one is the mark of new things. The beginning of, of new things. We begin to consider the things that we didn't like so much, the things that we want to change. We get to we 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 maybe ponder like, what is twenty twenty? The whole year that what is it going to bring to us? And uh, back backtracking to two thousand nineteen, when it started in January, we probably uh, entered the year with what we call resolutions. How many, be honest, I I had a resolution for 2019. Uh, I say had, oh, not many. Okay, we don't. How many said I gave up on resolutions because I don't keep them? Okay, many more hands. Okay, yeah, so even with the new year, you might not consider it a resolution per se, but the new year brings about thoughts of what are things that I want to change? What are things that I want to do different. And, um, and with res- resolutions, a lot of times they have to do with what we want less of, out, or, or things that we want removed from our life. I want less stuff. I want less junk. I want less wasted time. I want less weight. Amen. I want less debt, right? And so what we do is we, we set goals, we buy the programs, we map it all out, and then we give up. True, yeah. and what happens is, is we travel through the entire year, and we get here to December, end of December, and we end up with more stuff than we need, more debt than income, more problems than solutions, more questions than answers. Here's the thing I'd like to submit to us this morning: the thing that will help us the most is the thing we gravitate to the least the thing that will help us the most is the thing that we gravitate to the least. Boy, and that is not just a spiritual principle. Isn't that true in our physical being as well? Boy, we'll take a sugary milkshake or chocolate over an apple every day, yeah? All right? I mean, we, we gravitate to the things that we do not need, the things that are not healthy for us uh, uh, to, that will help us along. And um, as we travel along this, uh, this life as believers, I, I have to believe that one of the things that we enjoy or look forward to the most as a believer is experiencing God's move in our life would you agree with that? That I want to see God move. I want God to move in my finances. I want God to move in my health. I want God to move in my family. I want God to move at the workplace. We want God to move in our lives all the time. As a believer, we look for experiences with God. We're looking to always experience God. That's the thing that we enjoy most about being a believer. At least most of us do. I hope so. Experiencing God is one of the best joys of living a life as a believer. And as Christians, this is what we should most desire. We like to see God move. And there are a variety of ways with which we get to experience God. We experience God in settings of community. We experience, we experience God when we worship. We experience God in, in areas of service and serving. We, we, we experience God in our, in our giving and in our generosity And all of these are ways in which we experience God, and none of these would be life-giving and fruitful without the Word of God. Without the Word of God. Here's the thing. The Word of God is foundational to your experience with God. The Word of God is foundational to your experience with God. When we look at community, you don't just know how to do community and do it the right way with knowing how to resolve issues, to live at peace and unity with one another, to sharpen and encourage one another without the Word of God. We don't understand what it is to worship without the Word of God. In fact, you know what Romans 12 says worship is? Worship says that it's offering our bodies as living sacrifices that is holy and acceptable to God. That's your act of worship. And many of us walk around thinking, I'm just, I am so engaged in worship, right? Worship's connected to sacrifice. But you wouldn't know that if you didn't have the word of God. Serving, you can't, listen, you can serve the world. You can serve your money. You can serve yourself or you can serve God. How do you distinguish between those? How do you distinguish between the word of God? Giving, Jeremy did a great job this morning with a word. We give you a little bites of the word every week with regard to giving. Why? Because the word is there to equip us, right? And it is a part of our giving experience. It's the foundation being the word. So when we look at all this, what we're really talking about is kingdom. What we're really talking about is, do you know as a believer, you do not belong to the kingdom of the world, you belong to the kingdom of heaven? Now, as a, as a citizen of heaven, as a citizen of this kingdom, you get to experience the benefits of that kingdom here while you're here on earth. Are you understanding me? So what we tend to do is we tend to grab the things of the kingdom of earth and try to drag them into an experience with God while we're trying to pursue the kingdom of heaven, and it doesn't work that way. Because almost everything that's a part of the kingdom of heaven is opposite of what is the kingdom of the world. The kingdom of the world is very self, right? The kingdom of God is very much about him. So here's the deal. You can't have an experience with God unless you pursue the kingdom of God. You can't have an experience with God unless you pursue the kingdom of God. Listen, if you want to experience the wonder and the magic of Disney World, you can't do that from your living room right? If I want to experience the wonder and magic of Disney, I've got to plan the trip, buy the tickets, pack my bags, like a lot of prep going on into this, right? I got to get on the plane, I've got to get there, and when I'm there, I can experience what I've been pursuing, right? Okay, you can't experience God without pursuing the kingdom of God. You have to be proactive in pursuing the kingdom. This is what Matthew 6.33 says. It says, seek first his kingdom. Man, so often I'm seeking Kevin O'Day's kingdom. Lord, forgive me. Seek first his kingdom and His righteousness and all of these things will be added to you. Well, what things are we talking about? Prior to this verse in scripture, Jesus is talking about worry and concern. How many have ever been worried or concerned about something? Be honest, I think every hand in the room probably could go up. He's talking about worry and concern. And I'm resolved to believe that every resolution and everything that we decide to try to change at the top of the year is connected somehow to worry or concern. I'm concerned about my weight, so I'm gonna go on a diet. I'm worried about my debt, so I'm going to save my money or I'm going to work more. I'm worried about my health, so I'm going to make better choices. I'm going to quit smoking. I'm going to yada, yada, yada. I'm worried about what I'm doing with my life, so I'm going to change my career. I'm going to get a different job. I'm going to change the things that I'm doing. All of the things that we possibly could look at changing are pretty much connected to some type of worry or concern. Jesus says, forget about all that worry and concern. Seek first my kingdom, seek first my kingdom and all of this stuff right here is gonna be added to you. And when he adds it to us, it's so much better than anything we could have added to us. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? So our experience with God, the thing that we desire the most is sandwiched between the word of God and the kingdom of God. So if I want an experience with God, if if the word of God is foundational to my experience with God, and I can't experience uh, God without pursuing the kingdom of God, in my mind, it makes most sense that if you're going to make a change for next year, let your change be to intentionally pursue the kingdom of God. And the pathway to get there is through the word. How do you learn about the kingdom of God? Through the word, right? Right? That's that's the gift we have been given, is the Word of God. And we treat it, we treat it like the junk that's in my junk drawer where I can't find a battery or anything in that, you know, that junk drawer. Anybody have that junk drawer where you're trying to find something that takes you an hour to find? You knew you threw it in there? The Bible is somewhere in that junk because for some reason we feel like it's not necessary. You can't have an experience with God unless you pursue the kingdom of God. And if we want to have an ongoing experience with God, then our resolution should be to intentionally seek the kingdom of God by knowing and understanding the word of God. Now, here's the thing, there is a currency in the kingdom. There is a currency in the kingdom. You have to spend, you have to spend in order in order to get to God. You have to spend, and here's the currency. You want to know what the currency is? That was a question. You want, you want to know what the currency is? The currency is this, hunger. The currency of the kingdom is hunger. The more hungry you are for God, the more God you're going to get. The more hunger that you experience toward God, the more of God you're going to receive and get, and is the only thing that will satisfy in this life is being filled by God. So let me ask you a question. Are you hungry? Because if you war between whether or not you have time or you actually get in the Word, study the Word, take time to read the Word, the question really isn't, why aren't you reading the Word? The question is, are you hungry? Because if you're not hungry for God, you're full of yourself. You're full of yourself. You're full of the world. Are you hungry? And if you're not hungry, stop eating the junk that's filling that space so that you can make space to get hungry for God. Because he is in hot pursuit after you and he has so much for you. So much life-giving sustenance for your, for your spiritual appetite. I was out of town. Actually, I got back at midnight last night. I was out of town the last couple days and uh, we were at a concert and we had eaten, we had eaten like, Pour, like for breakfast and lunch. And I was, I, man, I was adamant. We are not, for dinner, I'm eating something healthy. Some type of green thing is going in my mouth for, for dinner. And uh, so we get to the concert. The concert started late and we're in there and it's like, it's, um, it's the middle of the show. They had an intermission and I'm there and I am just, I, mean, I am so hungry. And man, that popcorn smells so good. So we walked together, you know, out there and I passed the popcorn. I looked at it like this. Turned around, and I looked at it like this. You know, never mind the line that was like, you know, 40 people long, you know. And I looked at it like this. And uh, all of a sudden, I found myself in the line. I don't know what happened. But I found myself in the line. And, you know, and I'm sitting there, and I'm looking, you know, and as I stand there, I'm looking at the prices, you know. I could spend $10 on a bag of popcorn. I, I'm You know, I'm hungry enough, you know to do that, right? And so I get to the counter, I'm thinking, I really wanna do this, and you know, then, then they pop some fresh popcorn, Jesus. So I came out of my wallet, I gave her $11 for that popcorn. It was so good, it was so good in the moment. Later, later that night, we had a great meal, like a great, real healthy, but like great, great meal. I couldn't finish it. I couldn't finish it because my appetite was destroyed by the junk that I filled myself with before. So the problem is that we've become so full of ourselves, we filled up on the world, and instead we need to fill up on God. If you want to seek and find his kingdom, you must look in the right direction places. So I just mentioned I was out of town. And uh, before we went, you know, I, I, uh, I don't know about you. Uh, I lose things occasionally. Anybody ever lose anything? You know, the thing that I lose, the number one item, if this was family feud, number one, the survey says the number one thing that Kevin O'Day loses in his life are sunglasses. Anybody with me? Sunglasses. I have purchased more sunglasses than I care to admit. So when I go to purchase sunglasses, I don't like to spend more than about five bucks on glasses because I know, I know the fate of these glasses is in a chair somewhere. It's not going to be very long lived with me. And so there's a place here in Smyrna that I go, I always go to get my glasses and we had taken off and I'd already lost my glasses. I wanted to get glasses and we were just in some, we were in a sunny area. Just, I wanted some glasses. Well, we go to Target because I'm there to get medicine for uh, my, I went on this trip with my buddy Cole. And, uh, and so I went to go get some uh, medicine. Cole was sick and, um, and, and I think that he gave me what he had and I was, you know, so I wanted, to, I wanted to get some medicine. And so we go on the Target to get medicine. That's a key part of this story. I was in the store to get medicine, but I decided to also get glasses. Right? So I go in there, and I say, okay, maybe Target has some cheap glasses. So I go back to the back, and I go to where I think the glasses are supposed to be, and I can't find any, right? And so I ask the lady who's over there, I say, hey, uh, do you know where the glasses are? And she says, no, I don't, they're probably over there, and walks away. All right, so I walk over there, and I start to look. And I don't, I don't see the glasses. And so I walk over and there's a guy and he's unpacking toys in the toy section. So I go over there and I say, hey, excuse me, sir, do you know where the sunglasses are? And he says, I am unpacking toys right now. This is my department. I have no idea where glasses are, but they're probably over there. So I say, okay. So I walk over, same location, didn't see them. So I say, okay, Cole, let's go, let's go get the medicine. Maybe, you know, maybe we'll find the glasses on the way. So we go over there, I get the medicine And uh, I get the medicine, and there's a lady over there, and she's stocking the shelves, you know, in the medicine. And I say, excuse me, do you know where the sunglasses are? And she looks at me, and she says, I work in the health department. I don't know where the glasses are. Uh, Probably back in the men's section. I was like, okay. So, you know, I was a bit more frustrated at the moment than I cared to admit in front of you all. Um, But uh, so so I'm I'm carrying this frustration, and... um, so I decided, you know, we're not going to get glasses on this day at this store. So let's, uh, let's, uh, let's go ahead and just buy this medicine, right? And, and we were on our way to a destination, by the way. I went in the store to get medicine. And now we are, you know, 30 minutes into this process, which could have been only five because we were just there to get medicine. I walk out of the store and Cole says going up the escalator, hey, there's Old Navy. They definitely have glasses. 100% they got glasses. All right, cool. So we go up the, the escalator, we come back down, go into Old Navy. We ask the lady, hey, excuse me, do you do you sell glasses here? And uh, she says, well, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Let, let's walk back here. At least she walked us somewhere. And so she walked us, you know, back there to the, to the back, and they didn't have glasses except for on a clearance rack, there were some glasses there, and they were ladies' glasses. And uh, they had like, you know, they had like a pink, you can't see it in the picture, but there's like pink, you know, right there on the, on the side and stuff. And Cole says, look, just buy these. It's just for a day. You know, it's just for a day. just so you know. and, I, and I'm too stubborn to say, no, I don't, I don't want to get glasses that I can't use beyond today. I don't want to pay money for something I'm not going to actually use. And so, and so I, didn't, I didn't buy those glasses. Uh, but, you know, as we're walking out from putting up those glasses, I go by and I see there's jeans. And the jeans are... The jeans are on sale. Like they're having an after Christmas sale, you know, right? At Old Navy, right? So so I go in there and I start looking for my size. They've got my size. I've got to get me some jeans. I mean, they're on sale, right? And so I get there and I'm like, not only do I need to get one pair, but I need to get Two pair, right? And so I go, the, the guy helps me because they didn't have my size and the other. guy finds it in the back. So cool, you know, I get in there. So I get in line, you know, and I wait. You know, there's about 12 people there and I'm waiting in line. And, um, and so I go and uh, somebody sh- somebody came up to me. I don't know why I'm telling you this. Somebody came up to me and shook my hand. I didn't know who they were. I didn't know if they washed their hands. So I used a little sanitizer in line. And so I'm going and I, and I, and I get to the front and I get to the front and I go up to the register and they ring it up. The jeans that I selected were not the ones on sale. Now I'm warring between, I've waited in this line. We are now an hour and a half committed into this process. I'm walking out of here with at least one pair of jeans. So I bought a pair of jeans and I walk out, go out. We get out to the car. I get into the car. Cole says, hey, where's the da- Dayquil? Where's the, where's the medicine? I lost the medicine. <laughs> lost the medicine. The purpose of the trip was what? Medicine. To get the medicine, Right. So I had to go back in and try to find the, fine, the, the, the medicine. Here, here's, here's my point. In my search, I knew, I knew, I know emphatically where I can get the glasses I want at the price that I want. I know emphatically where they are. But because I chose to go elsewhere, it caused me frustration, It caused me wasted time. It caused me to get distracted. It caused me to pick up things that I didn't need. It caused me to lose something of value. It caused me to almost settle for something less. And it cost me more than I intended to pay. When you go seeking for God in the wrong places, It's going to cause you frustration. It's going to cause you wasted time. It's going to cause you to get distracted. It's going to cause you to pick up things that you don't need. It's going to cause you to lose things of value. It's going to cause you to settle for something less than, and it's going to cost you every single time more than you intended to pay. So what is Scripture used for? What is Scripture used for? All Scripture is God-breathed. All Scripture is God-breathed. Do you understand me? All Scripture... How many know what this is? I'm getting ready to preach. You ready? Okay. There is nothing better than getting a big... One One of my greatest pleasures of becoming an adult was graduating from the small child bowl of cereal to the mega, mega large bowl, you know what I'm talking about, with the big spoon, right, uh, of cereal. There's nothing better than going through those Lucky Charms and pulling out every marshmallow, every single marshmallow, and eating a bowl full of Lucky Charms marshmallows. Here's the thing, all Scripture is God-breathed. You can't just pick out what you like and leave the rest. All Scripture is God-breathed, every bit of it, every bit of it. And where we get in danger, listen to me, if you don't get anything else, please get this, where we get in trouble as believers, as Christians, is when we become out, when we can become focused on other people's situations, other people's problems, and we decide to cherry-pick Scripture that we think is going to be used for them, but we don't have the context of the whole thing. So unless you have a relationship with the word, I plead for you to refrain from trying to speak into somebody else's life. All scripture is God breathed. It means it's from him. Man didn't make it up. It comes from God. Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is like kerosene. And the Holy Spirit dwells within you. And the word of God is like fire. And when you put kerosene next to fire, explosive things happen, right? I want explosive things to happen in our lives. We sang the song, and I, I don't think I was obedient to God's will, and I'm so sorry. I thought during, when we sang fire, that fire song, I was supposed to come grab the mic and say, who in this room, who in this room is struggling or going through right now? And if that is you, you can stand firm on the word God, The Holy Spirit within you and the Word of God will cause explosive things to happen in your situation and what's going on in your life. If you're carrying something, if you're struggling with something, if you know somebody's carrying, there's some people really carrying some really hard things right now. And the way that we are able to traverse through hard times is understanding the truth of God's Word. False flattery, Encouragement, encouragement's always in order, but if, they, if it's just words for flattery and it's not undergirded with a foundation that's strong of the word, it's, not, it's meaningless. All scripture is God-be. The, the Bible says in Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is alive and active. It's alive, it's not a dead document, it's not a dead book, it's alive and active. Sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating, even dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow, it, the word of God, judges the thoughts and the attitude of the heart. All scriptures God breathe, and it is useful. It is useful. The word of God is not an optional text for the Christian life. It is useful. It is important. Ephesians 6 says this, therefore, put on the whole armor of God. He's giving you a whole armor. And he says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. It is the only offensive weapon we have been given that we can use. The only offensive weapon, so that why put on the armor of God, so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Do you know that there's a devil scheming against your life? Do you know there's a devil that doesn't like me speaking this morning on this topic? Do you know that there's a real enemy that wants to distract you and fill you up with as much lucky charms and popcorn as he can, so that you have no room for hunger? He wants you to expense your currency on other things that are lifeless, that will steal your joy, so that you don't have anything left in reserve for God. Seek first. Would you say first? Seek first his kingdom. Not second. Not when it's convenient. Not when somebody's sick and you need healing. Not whenever something's going on. Seek right now, first, today, the kingdom of God. Seek right now, today, the kingdom of God. But you don't know what I've been struggling. You don't know the shame and the guilt. Man, I've been so messed up. I did this last night. Doesn't matter. Today's a new day. It's a new day. Seek first the kingdom right. When you walk out those brown doors right there, you should get somebody a high five. Say, so you seek in the kingdom? Are you seeking 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 the kingdom? Seek first the kingdom of God. So scripture is useful for four things, for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Teaching, Proverbs 1.5 says this, let the wise hear and increase in learning. Let the wise hear and increase in learning. Anybody here can learn a little bit more? Absolutely, we can all learn a little bit more. The Bible is used for teaching. Rebuking, rebuking. I had an experience with a rebuke. I was out in the hallway uh, here at church in the pastor's office about six years ago, and a guy comes in on a Sunday morning, okay? Sunday morning, and he just starts to spew profanities, all types, to Dave Mason and I, we're just here. And he's like, you all don't know what you're talking about. The New Testament of the Bible is garbage. He was saying all time, he said, I am not a, I am a perfect person. I don't, I don't mess up, I don't need Jesus. Ronnie Meek opens his door, comes out in the hallway, and he says, you, sir, need to leave. And he said, 1 John 1.8 says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Now, get out. That's exactly what happened. You know, I was like, oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. That was a rebuke. That was a rebuke, Right. Correcting, Proverbs 12, 1, whoever loves discipline, loves knowledge, and whoever hates correction is stupid. The Bible calls you stupid. Not me. The Bible said it. The Bible said, if you do not, or sorry, if you hate correction, that's on you, okay? All right. Training in righteousness. 1 Timothy 4, 7, 8 says, have nothing to do with godless godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly, for physical training is of some value, but godliness has value of all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. Those four things, Scripture is useful for. So why? So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped to do every good work. The purpose of us coming here on Sunday, right? To commune with believers, right? To enthrone him on our praises, to worship together. When we hear the word of God, when that element comes a part of our service, it is a part of your equipping as a believer. It should not be the only thing. What should be happening here is an affirmation for what the Holy Spirit's already been revealing to you should not be new information necessarily because you have access, you have access, right? Ronnie Meek, Kevin O'Day, Barbie Laughlin, any of the staff pastors, anybody, we can't do anything to change your life. The Holy Spirit has to intervene and it is the word of God that is the foundation that changes your life. So why is this so important? I have said this before and guys, I'm gonna tell you, now I have to say this first, I do trust God. I trust God, I trust God I trust God, but we are living in a generation that is redefining Christianity without the use of biblical principles. How is that the case? How is that happening? It's because we are amongst a generation that has no desire or hunger to know the word. We are relying off of he said, she said, second hand, third hand, fourth hand, eighth hand, 20th hand. And we base our entire, we're talking about life and death. We're basing that on that. And then guess what? We turn around to these kids and we say, hey, I've got 25th hand information. Let me let you live your life by that. I had a youth come up to me a year and a half ago and say to me, I do not need the word of God. Verbatim, right to my face. He said, that's what you get paid for. That's the generation that we're in. Parents, parents, are you modeling to your kids a hunger for the word? We're redefining Christianity. If you're confused about what's happening, you ever been confused about what's going on in the church? I don't mean this church, I mean the church, Christians around the world, the divisiveness, all of these things. It's because it's being redefined without biblical principles. Get a hold of the word of God. Let the Holy Spirit start speaking to your heart. He'll clear things up real fast. He's good at that. He knows how to divide truth real fast. These are my girls. Guys, youth, I've said this to you. Do I not say this all the time to you guys? You have got to get in the word because you're gonna be leading my girls. And I don't want them to grow up in a world of man-made ideas about what the kingdom is all about. I want them to experience God experience God, because they were pursuing the kingdom and they had a foundation of the truth. They had the foundation of the word. And you all, every one of you, do you know because we're a part of a family here, you all are a part of raising my girls and I'm a part of raising your children as well. How are we modeling this to the next generation? This is so important. Understanding the importance and the foundation of the word, getting this into us, seeking the kingdom first is huge. It's life-changing. So what about other Bible studies? You know, I don't, you know, okay, the Bible's good, but what about, you know, I've, I've been reading this, I've been seeing this, I've been doing this. Uh, yeah, there's, there's probably some truth. The Lord can use those things. Absolutely. But here's my question. Why be on the sidelines when you can be in the game? I don't wanna be on the sidelines watching somebody else's experience with God my whole life without getting in the game and experiencing them for myself. The Bible is available to you. There are people in this room that should be writing their own devotions. There are people that the Lord has called in this place to be opening and packaging the word in ways that would help others instead of just sitting on the sidelines and just watching somebody else do it as you eat those Lucky Charms. Ronnie, uh, Pastor Ronnie did an object lesson with me because I learned through object lessons. He did it, it was about six, seven years ago, but I had gotten on this book. And and don't get me wrong, I've I've read some series, I've read some books that really have spoken to me, but I was really ready to come out and just say, hey, we've got to go here. Everybody's got to go with me, right? Have you ever been there? Everybody's got to get a hold of this. And Ronnie came up to me, and he took me back here in the shop, actually. It was like on a random Tuesday, and he had a piece of paper in his hand. He took a lighter to it, and he lit the paper. And he said, this paper has a lot of spark, a lot of light, and it lasts for just a moment. And he took that same lighter with a piece of wood. He took the same lighter with a piece of wood, and uh, that's the paper. And he held it there. And he said, but this wood is going to take a long time to burn. He said, do not negate the power of a nudge. Guys, sometimes these books and these things that are real hype, they're just gonna last for a moment. They're just gonna last for a moment. But what really settles is in that foundation. What's in the foundation? And the foundation is the word of God. So let's look at some questions and then we'll look at practical and we've gotta go, okay? Here's the, which, which version of the Bible should I use? The one you will read. We use the NIV here mostly. The message is good. The New American Standard is good. Get one that you'll read. Which book of the Bible should I start with? The one you will read. <laughs> if you want to start at the beginning at Genesis, at the beginning of the story, the Old Testament, you can start in Matthew at the New Testament. Start there. I recommend if, you, if you've never opened the book, maybe John is a good place to start, okay? If, you, if you're okay with getting out of order, some of you like regimented and in order, that's fine. The one that you will read. Should I use a digital copy or a paper copy? The one you'll read. Yeah, okay. Which Bible reading plan should I use? The one that will motivate you to read, okay? Um, James, stand up for just a second, Jensen, please. Who loves James? Okay, James, real quick, because I'm going over my time here, okay? I gotta release everybody, real quick. You, James looks a lot different right now than he did in January okay? And uh, for everything he's lost, I've gained, okay? (laughs) But James, you started something with your brother Justin, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. You started something uh, with him in the mornings. It was like a workout type regimen, right? And you went there faithfully like every morning, like almost every morning, right? I mean, it's four days a week, four days a week, like clockwork. Were there ever times when you didn't want to get up and go? Okay, all right? (laughs) Would you say that Because you braved through, because you were hungry for it, because you wanted it, and you continued to do it, do you think that attributes specifically to where you are right now? Okay, would you say if you had given up and just stopped coming, stopped going or whatever, do you think you would look the way that you do now? Do you feel the way you feel right now? No, okay, so you were in it. Now, let me ask you this question. You had Justin with you. If Justin was removed from the equation, how successful would you have been? Wouldn't have been able to do it because there was accountability, right? Okay, thank you. Thank you, James. You can have a seat, okay? Get somebody who's gonna hold you accountable to something that you know that you're not gonna do on your own, right? Here's what you need to do. Here's our takeaways today. Get hungry for God. It's the currency. It's what you can bank on to spend. The more hunger, the more God. Decide to seek his kingdom first intentionally plan to read the Word. There will be three different plans out in the foyer, Your copy for you today that you can take with you. You can find it online. There's tons of plans out there. Intentionally seek to read the Word. Find some accountability so that you can be successful and experience God. It's the best part of being a believer. And reading the Word is foundational to experiencing God. My wife wanted me to say this very quickly. If you are a mom, in the house and you have little kids and you are trying desperately to find quiet time, find time to read the word, I wanna encourage you to get audio, listen to it if you have to. Dad's in the house, when you come home, there's nothing better that you're, I'm guilty, I need to do this better. There's nothing more that your wife would desire than you to read scripture to her. Read scripture to her. Make this a family affair. Show your kids, show your kids the importance of getting into The word. The gospel is good news. If there was ever a day in time when we need the good news, it's now. Worship team, come on out. Let's make a proactive choice this year to seek the kingdom. As you read his word, which is both alive and active, maybe at the end of this year, maybe at the end of this year, you will have more solutions than problems more answers than questions. And you will be seeking the very God who gave up his life for yours. And you will know him that much better. Let's make 2020 different than any other year because as a church, we decided that we're gonna get hungry and seek the kingdom first.